Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions Podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Benji Linder. With me, as always, is Dr. Patrick Latham. Today's topic is studying the Bible. So you just finished your teaching session, and you walked us through ears, which is a way of studying the Bible, not yeah. physical ears, but it, yeah. y- there's a little play on words there. Uh, is this something that you first explained this to us in this mm-hmm. brief, what each, you know, because that's an acrostic if it spells something out. Yeah, an acrostic or an acronym. Acronym is where it doesn't spell out a word. Acrostic. Oh, okay. I may be wrong in that. I am from Louisiana. I went to New Orleans Seminary. (laughs) Uh, But what does EAR stand for? Is this something you came up with or did you get it from someone else? Yeah, so if I'm wrong, then those who listen to teaching series need to know it's an acrostic. So I get confused on that. So I've been corrected before. Say it with confidence. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's a, a mnemonic device where you use letters to spell out a word. Yeah. And, um, you know, so ears, E-A-R-S. So um, we, I kind of, you know, base that off of Jesus uses this. Um, Jesus often says, he who has ears, let mm-hmm. him hear. So I took that word ears and then applied it to scripture study. Just try again, mnemonic device, mm-hmm. a device that makes it easy to remember something. So try to th- give people a grid or an outline for when they're personally studying scripture, you know, trying to make it simple. Uh, now, the way some people may study the Bible may get a little bit more complex, but I, I'm thinking about the average believer mm-hmm. here, basic Christian life. How can you go about studying scripture, making it meaningful? I give this outline ears. So um, it's not. Um, I, I think it's unique with me. I mean, I, I did sit down and try to think of a, div, of a device mm-hmm. to help people, to guide people through studying the Bible. So I haven't heard it anywhere else. It just kind of came out up with that outline. Mm-hmm. Maybe out there somewhere else. I don't know. You better trademark it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But um, I came up with that device, but I took the idea from others. There, there's, multi, you know, a, plethora of other methods like that um one that i had heard used and um that that i thought was helpful was the sos method what does it say what do i need to obey what do i need to share Mm -hmm. so i used that for a while to teach people then i think i used um here's for here for a while and then i changed it i thought in some advice through some people i discipled who were Hey, I think these four questions really encapsulate what we need. I went away from the SOS because I felt like, what does it say? I felt there was a need to to differentiate between what it meant for the original audience and what it means for me. Mm-hmm. So the four principles in Bible study, ears, uh, would be, first of all, E, explain. You want to explain what the text meant to the original audience. So maybe you're reading a passage, um, maybe you're in Ephesians chapter 2, and before you can really understand what it means for you, you've got to first ask, what did it mean for the original audience? Mm-hmm. In Ephesians 2, you've got that whole uh, Jew versus Gentile controversy going on. Paul wants to remind them of the gospel, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. So, so he does that. 
So, you know, there's an old saying, maybe you've heard this before, the Bible can never mean something to you that it did not mean for the original audience. That's so right. that's what you kind of do with E. Explain, A is apply, what does uh, it mean to me? R is respond, um, what do I need to obey or how do I need to respond? Then S would be share what do I need to uh, share with someone else? Absolutely. That um, is great leading into our next question. So you you explained the definition and part of hermeneutics, but mm-hmm. you know the Bible can't mean or Scripture can't mean something to us that it did not mean to the original audience. So explain what hermeneutics means in just plain language, and then why is it important for all believers to have good hermeneutics? Yeah, so I, I'm kind of removed from a hermeneutics class. You know, it's been a while. You probably How long ago has it been since you've taken one? 11, 12 years, okay. 10. All right. So, no, I had one on a master's level. Okay. Five. Obviously, okay. very impactful. Okay. So, how would you define hermeneutics? Is studying the Bible in the correct context, mm-hmm. you know, understanding what it meant to the original audience, taking in consideration of genre to what is actually going on there, mm-hmm. characters, plot, all that taking that in consideration, figuring out what it meant to them and seeing if there's a bridge. We use the illustration mm-hmm. of a bridge. Is there a bridge to us in mm-hmm. the text or is there no bridge at all? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good way. I, I, I guess um, the actual word hermeneutics, you know, I think of that as the science as interpreting the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to note that you can have um, good hermeneutics and bad hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who engage in some form of hermeneutics, but it's not, the, the good type, right? You know the things you Liberal. just described. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, or or um, overly metaphorical or Very allegorical cool. or there's all those different things. You know those different ways of approaching scripture that can get you away from really understanding what God's word meant to the original audience and what it means to you. And then when when you don't have that understanding, then uh, the Bible doesn't have the opportunity to unleash its life-changing power in your life. Because mm-hmm. uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the spiritual spiritual transformation takes place when our mind is changed, and then that affects our, our emotions and our hearts, mm-hmm. and then that leads to volitional change in our lives. So studying the Bible uh, correctly, faithfully, with integrity, is 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 critical if you want to experience um, spiritual transformation. Yeah. Everything you just meant, your last sentence there is that popular or not to handle scripture the way it should be handled? Yeah, I don't. I you know I would say this. You know a lot a lot of times we can say, you know we can bemoan the fact that a lot of people don't. And indeed, we could give examples from like cult level then to pop Christianity level to. Then you could get into all the you know different um, tribes that have different ways of interpreting scripture and how that can be unhealthy. So I'd say yeah, there's an issue there. But also I think there's a lot of people. There's been a resurgence. I mean, you look at even our seminaries within our Southern Baptist Convention, and I think most of them teach hermeneutics. And now they yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. So you look at where it was 30 years ago drastic change so it'd be easy to wring our hands and indeed there's a lot to wring our hands over Mm -hmm. but at the same time there's a lot of good stuff to be celebrated that's right that's right so balancing the quality of scripture intake versus the quantity of scripture intake which all i'm asking here is 
Um, how do you balance taking in enough scripture without going too far? In, in other mm-hmm. words, I am reading way too much and absorbing yeah. way too little. Yeah. So how do you find balance there? You know, I, I, I think there's benefit in what I would call the cursory reading of scripture. I think we minimize that sometimes. Um, there's also a benefit in studying, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't think it's a both and, uh, or excuse me, an either or proposition. It's a both and type of thing. It's how can you do both? So um, for me, you know, I'm blessed with what I do that I study scripture. I get to study scripture a lot. But apart from studying and apart from my job, I make sure I do this off hours in the morning before I get here. Mm-hmm. I make sure I have that Bible reading time where I'm reading through the Bible and I am um, I seek to read through it in a year. So just doing that maybe for, I don't know, like 20 years now, I've seen the benefit of that. Mm-hmm. So I hear some people sometimes like, we don't need to just read the Bible. We need to study it. I'm like, man, I don't know if you've, like, I don't know if you understand. Like, are you, have you, have you tried reading the Bible? Right. Through, have you done it like five years in a row and seen the benefit? It's like every re- year you read through the Bible, like the overall saga of redemption, the big picture of the Bible, it comes together more and more. And then as you read the Bible, I was challenged years ago. I heard an older guy who was in his eighties at that time say, he, he read it through like twice a year. And he said, I heard if you, read anything 90 times you have it memorized and so he was he had read scripture nearly that many times through and man he could just quote scripture and he didn't have like a process for trying to memorize scripture he had just like over time laid it up in his heart you know so i see that as well some of the things i quote people like how'd you memorize it i never tried to it's just i think i read it so much that it becomes a part of you so I think there's a lot to be said for cursory reading, mm-hmm. and it does. It just like programs your mind where you, you develop this worldview because your mind's always being saturated with Scripture. There's also that need for studying. So I do a lot of studying, obviously, for sermons and teaching, but I'm always reading some type of like really good kind of Christian book that is theological, biblical, and devotional in nature. I shy away from like just the cotton candy devotional stuff. I want to make sure it's scriptural, scripture and theology centered. Um, so just recently I finished a book that was on calling to ministry, heavy scripture centered. It helped me dive into scripture deeper. Right now I'm um, reading another book um, in my daily devotional time, just reading three or four pages at a time, but very Christ-centered, very Scripture-oriented, very theologically sound, uh, but it's really me reading a Bible study is what it is. Okay. So um, that's I, th- I think it's a good way for me to walk that tightrope. Others being involved in a Bible study, mm-hmm. um, I'm involved in discipleship groups where we do that, Um you know, I'm studying to teach. Others may not have that benefit, but they have the benefit then to go hear the guy like me who's teaching right. and to, to study more, go yeah. deeper. Firm believer, the best way to learn is to teach. Firm yeah, believer yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that is sharpened. Anytime you look at someone who knows the Bible well, you see a pattern of teaching the Bible, mm-hmm. um, So, which is the S Great in point. ears. 
Um, so I know I have pet peeves after taking a class like hermeneutics, right? That mm-hmm. reveals all how you're a terrible, you know, mm-hmm. theologic or uh, theologian. And so pet peeves when it comes to someone using scripture outside of its their, its context, the context of the scripture. Uh, like for example, for me, where two or three are gathered together, there I am, Matthew eighteen twenty. Yeah. Uh, so that's a pet peeve of mine because it's like that. It's, it's not the introduction of every worship service. Yeah, yeah. It's not the context. So what are some of your pet peeves of misinterpretation of scripture you know, I, I think it's a cliches that come from it sometimes like god will never put more on you than you can bear which is know? not in scripture yeah it's not right. in scripture um you know one of the one and this may be personal because i've seen a church as a pastor anytime we ever do anything with raising funds or we might have a speaker who sells a a book he's written mm-hmm. um or we have missionaries come and they're selling some uh, trinket they've made to raise money that natives have made their sets you know, you'll get somebody that will say, well, Jesus went in and turned over tables. We done turned this place into a den of thieves, you know, and they look at that passage as meaning you can never sell stuff in the church. Mm-hmm. You can never sell anything. I've, I've even, you know, had people going to student camp. We can't, we can't collect money for that. Or we can't have meals where we charge people because Jesus turned over tables when people turn, the church into a den of thieves. So you look at the real meaning there and what was going on. Um, this was more than just selling. Right. This was selling to take advantage of people. This was mark. It was scalping. It was it's like sacrilegious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was marking up um, the cost for the sacrificial animals within the temple complex because that's where people had to buy them. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus was, um, he had a burn and saddle over that. Not over the fact that they, they were going to have to buy an animal, right? They had to buy an animal to sacrifice. It had to cost them taking something. Advantage. So, but it was they were taking advantage of them and inflating the prices. So, you know, that's an example where you got to really understand what was going on and not just go out like some parrot, you know, um, you know, unloading your gospel gun on somebody mm-hmm. with something you don't really understand the full meaning. Yeah. So. Philippians four thirteen does that get you every now and then? Yeah, and that, I've got myself in trouble. You know, I, I've preached before. Now that's not referring to sports, and I'll have people. What do you mean? We, we quote that before our, you know, our, our ball Tim game. Tebow made that yeah. famous. No one yeah. knew about it. Four tenths. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's always then, something. And as yeah. a preacher, I'll say that was actually had nothing to do with sports. It had everything to do with giving in the church. So you need to give. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about missions. Giving, well, it's so. one of those deals is like, you know, do you, you know, if that, if the verse means you can do anything because of Christ, that Fly means anything. Yeah. Let's go. You know, you're four foot six. Why aren't you dunking? You know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's that was always my illustration is to go try to go dunk. It's like yeah. you're four six or 12 years old. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we can probably spend an hour talking about that. Um, so I've once heard this quote, I think I was at seminary, it says, if Christians were to wipe the dust off of all their Bibles, there would be a dust storm worse than the Dust Bowl of the 1930s. What is your take on this? And as far as just the, we're living in a generation where scripture is more accessible than any other generation mm-hmm. in America, uh, yet we're the most biblical illiterate. So what are your takes on these issues here? Yeah, it, it proves the. Um, by the way, Dust Bowl was pretty bad. I lived out around where that happened, read a little bit on the history. Of yeah, it, I thought so. that was a, quite an exaggeration <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, illustration right. there. So, um, so um, yeah, it, man, it all gets down to the heart. You know, I was thinking about this today, just all that's going on in our world. I was thinking, what if the Lord showed back and just told everybody what's up? Like, here it is. Here's how everybody needs to think about this. Here's what's going on. 
Everybody just needs to agree with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Even if the Lord showed up and do and Jesus talked about that. If, if Moses was here today, y'all want to listen. That's right. you know? They didn't listen to him the first time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, and that, that's, that was my thought. Even if the Lord came back right now, there would be scoffers and skeptics, you know, mm-hmm. um, people who would rebel against the Lord. So the issue is really a hard issue. You know, we've got the availability. We've got uh, the the access to God's word like never before. There's even people who have you, you see this movement today where there's people who grew up under good, strong Bible teaching, but they've gotten you know off track a little bit in, in movements and um, interpretations of Scripture that that aren't really sound. You know, there's really a a, a me centered life enhancement. I think I'd call it prosperity gospel light type of movement out there. Little mention of sin, you know, it's really taking old um, self-help techniques and using scripture to communicate that same message and never deals with the deeper things, even the darker things Mm -hmm. of um, God's word. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I think that all comes down to a heart issue that, um, Maybe people don't want to talk about those issues. They don't want Romans three ten, Romans three twenty three. Um, you know, and you also see so you, so you see that side of it. It's just like how can I have a better life? How can I be um, healthy, wealthy, and wise? Teach the Bible in that way. Let's avoid any anything that hints at condemnation or judgment or negativity. So so you have that out there. You also have th- this idea that hey. Anything within the, you know, my Christian life needs to be real easy to understand. You know, give me the seven points. Give me um, the easy to digest, accessible stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think about the movie Elf. Have you seen Elf? I have. Okay, I have. you've seen you, once. I'm okay. Yeah. You're not a big Elf guy. No, so, no. Yeah. Uh, so accessible. The yeah. Miles, he talks about the need for accessible accessibility in the book. So, right. so there, there's a spirit in our culture that, you know, you can't go to. I mean, if I if I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. Like, don't don't use big words people can't understand. And I don't think I really do that. But there's this idea, you know, make it easy for people to understand. Nobody wants this preacher talking over everyone's heads. And obviously, we don't want that. You know, don't hear what I'm not saying. But at the same time, I think we've had this quest to kind of make Christianity so palatable and so easy that we've uh, stripped God's word of a lot of its uh, luster, a lot of the mystery, a lot of the grandeur. And so um, in, in doing that, man, we rob people of, of so much. So I see those kind of two movements out there, and we've really got to be on guard. For sure, for sure. And that's the warning of the day, and this will conclude our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, watching, or listening to us. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.